What's up, everybody? Welcome to Freshly Brewed. Do you want to make this the first Zendikar Rising episode? I think it has to be. That's what we're talking about, right? Because I was thinking we start them on the set review, but I mean, this is obviously going to be a very Zendikar Rising centric episode. So, yes, very centric. I don't know. This set seems pretty boring to me. It, it actually has been pretty boring. I really haven't been um, paying attention to much because everything I've seen is just crap. Well, like I keep checking the spoilers every day, and I'm like. Are they ever going to release any cool cards? But yeah, I don't know. I'm not loving it so far. Yeah, I don't think uh, kickers kickers weak, man. Let's just kick that right out of Magic. Uh, in case anyone didn't know, we were being totally sarcastic, and this set looks banging. So, Bonkers. Yeah, this set looks amazing. Um, I have actually been updating my cube. Like, I don't like foils in my cube. I, I don't I, because they they bend and like when you're if you only have like one foil and you cut to it and it's awkward like I don't know foils they, it's like a whole can of worms. Yep. So I've always wanted like alternate arts that weren't foil and they've been really hard to come by. But recently, like there's a lot more being made and all of the expeditions this time, unlike the previous expeditions, will be in non-foil yeah. versions, which is awesome. Yeah. Because now I just want to get all of these these fetch lands as expeditions. It's smart of Watsi to to make that decision. I think I agree. There's no reason not to. Like I like the old expeditions. I would have loved having like through the breach expedition, but I'm just not going to put that weird foil in my deck where it's like it's or in my in my cube where it's like the only foil card. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's 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 pretty sweet, and and uh, I think they've made a, a good amount of. Uh, leaps forward with the art on cards like art, art's getting better and different types and very, it's it's pretty sweet oh my god for i like i'm a sucker for alternate art cards and alternate frame cards and ex Same. and like frameless cards like i didn't think i cared about them at first but the more i look at them i'm like this just looks super cool like i, I don't know why this isn't like i don't i kind of don't want it to be the normal like i don't want that to be just like the way cards look because there is something special about like not not all cards being like that you know yeah, so when I was when I was playing older formats and I was buying cards, I would always go out of my way to buy the older printings or alternate arts uh, or promo cards just just to be different. Like it, it's it's cool to have. It's really important for Rob to be different and to be a unique unique snowflake, a beautiful and unique snowflake. I am I am not the same as everyone else. I am unique. I have my own. I ascribe my uniqueness to what magic cards I play. Did you, what was the word you just did you say ascribe? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, man, it's okay. It's not. It's okay. It's okay. Wow. No, but it's funny cuz that's like one of magic's things, right? Where it's like you can customize your deck and your deck can represent the way you are, like how you play. Like, so it's like, this is my favorite ponder art. So I use that. And these are my favorite basic lands. So those are the ones I use. And they're, t I never knew, but they're talking to you apparently. So yeah, no, it's cool. You can be like, Hey, I identify as a Yargle. So <laughs> all my, all my serum manamorphos or serum visions or whatever are Yargles. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I also want my, they're ops, Robert, not serum visions. They're ops, but that's, I understand whatever i also think that's correct that's an accurate portrayal of you as as my friend you're <laughs> yeah i think you're a real you're a real nine three you're <laughs> to a little top heavy a little top heavy yeah you got a, you got a tiny little butt but you got a little, you're a little top heavy did you ever notice that about yargle did you ever, did you ever oh did he's you ever, huge uh... yeah he's the most disproportionate like his proportions don't work in real life he's got like the skinny frog legs but like his upper body is humongous He's shaped like a carrot. Is a triangle, yeah. <laughs> yes, he's shaped like a carrot. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Yeah, right, what's your cool. favorite card that's been spoiled so far from Zendikar Rising? Oh my, just wow! We literally just tra you transitioned to that immediately. We were still laughing about the Yargle joke, and now I'm on the spot. Right, what's your favorite Yargle from Zendikar Rising? <sighs> the uh, there's a five mana one, costs four and a black. It's a nine three frog. It's pretty vanilla outside of that, though. Nah, I never heard of it. Okay. All right. My favorite card. Um, oh, there's there's two of them, actually. Um, so the first one, they're both blue, by the way. Obviously. So the, the, fir the first one was spoiled today. It is a Thieving Skydiver, one in a blue. It's a 2-1 flyer with Kicker X. X cannot be zero. 
When Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with a converted mana cost of X or less. If it's an equipment, you can attach it to Thieving Skydiver. Oh, that's pretty interesting, actually. That card in older formats is so sweet. This. Wow, so you could just pay... You could, it's just a 2-1 for 2 that you can steal a box with? You could... N well... Yes, but you have to pay three mana. Oh, it for says it, so X can't be zero. Okay, so but, they're but making still, you. You can't just they can't just go mox. You can't just be two drop, steal your mox. But I mean, still, still right? Three like, mana is pretty. You good, could right? take either vial. You could take either vials with it. I mean, you could take sword. Like, so I, th I, th it's funny because like when I a lot of times when I look at sets, I, I think of like cube applications, and I'm like, yeah. oh, for five mana, I get a two one, and I steal their sword and I equip it for free. So it's a four three with protection from two colors. I don't know. That seems good. And, like, at worst, it's like a 2-1 for 2, so... Yeah, 2-1 evasive, uh, a 2-1 flyer for 2. Yeah. So, that that card was really sweet. I And, again, like you said, you look at it for cube. I look at it in older formats, and I think that, like, being able to steal, like, a soul ring in, in but, EDH... Yeah, that's funny, because I think those are kind of similar, right? Like, looking at it in cube and looking at it in older formats are very similar. Sure. Because, like, sure. I think in cube and older formats, you're going to steal a lot of the same things, like soul ring, a mox, and aether vial. Maybe not either Valen Cube, but yeah. you'd love to steal a Signet, wouldn't you? I I would actually. <laughs> I mean, it's better than destroying it, right? Like you just gain control of it, and it's not like you know until this leaves the battlefield, you just get to keep it. So it's yeah, literally just yeah. a control magic for artifacts. That's yeah. pretty good. Yep. So the second one I have is this card. I think is just absolutely bonkers. I think. I like this card. Honestly, the fact that they printed this card is is kind can of confusing I, to me. Can I guess what? Can I guess what it is? What? Well, I already told you it's blue. What is it? What do you think it is? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know you told me it was blue. Go ahead. No, you just go ahead then. I would say <laughs> Seagate Stormcaller. That's exactly what it is. Really? Yeah, this card's dumb. Yes, I think it's good, but I don't think it's like. I don't know, well, dude. I mean. So think about the applications for this card. And again, I'm talking in older formats here. Right. Like think about how many high powered one mana spells there are that you can that that this card that you can play with this card. Like well, I wouldn't say high powered. I think it's I think there are a lot of valuable cards. Like I mean copying a ponder with this is fine. Copying a preordain is good. Copying a ponder is you think copying a ponder is just fine? Like two mana <laughs> and you get a body like you get a body like with the extra ponder? That seems phenomenal my only issue with this card is that you have to have it in your hand right like you have to have the, the card that you're casting in hand like snapcaster if you top deck it in the late game it's really good because you have all these cards in your graveyard whereas this card is is a worse top deck because you just don't have anything right well you don't have to have it in your hand right the card the spell you can cast cabal therapy from your graveyard and then copy it okay sure but i mean that seems more rare you know, like, like in modern, you, I, mean, I think in modern, like in a format like modern, like you're gonna have fewer options if the card's not in your hand, right? So it's just, can you can you imagine if I go turn one thought seize, turn two whatever, and then turn three I I double thought seize you and Seagate Stormcaller? But isn't that just Snapcaster Range? Like Snapcaster Range does that, but you don't have to have a second thought seize in your hand. Like this requires you to have thought seize, thought seize Stormcaller. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like I think it's a little more restrict and plus like the kicker is weird because it's like okay with kicker the kicker's five the cost is two anyway or let's read the card it's a two one for two uh with kicker five a one and a blue uh when it enters the battlefield copy the next instant or sorcery with converted mana cost two or less you cast this turn when you cast it if seagate stormcrawler was kicked copy that spell twice so like five six seven so you're gonna it's for eight to nine mana depending on if it's one or two mana spell you get to get a two one and two one or two drop spells you know what i mean i don't think the kicker is relevant here i don't i don't think you're really ever kicking this spell i don't think it's made to be kicked i mean you, if you have the mana sure but i i, I think the kicker is irrelevant here the value comes from casting it for two mana yeah just to be clear i don't think this card is bad but i've seen people like hyping it up a lot and i just i think it's more restrictive like in the early game snapcaster is still good because you're gonna have cards in hand that you're gonna cast and in the late game, it's good, because if you don't have cards in hand, you've already cast cards. So, I mean, like, I feel like... Whereas, like, Seagate Stormcaller, the card has to be in your hand at all times. I think that I think that it's very easy to look at this card and go, oh, well, let's compare it to... Um, Snapcaster Range. 
to Snapcaster Mage. I think that's sure. very simple, but I actually look at it differently than Snapcaster Mage. The reason being is because Snapcaster, in a way, yes, it's less restrictive, right? Because like you're saying, you don't have to have the spell in your hand. You just have to top deck the Snapcaster by itself, cast it, and then you can flashback whatever you have in your graveyard. Right. Whereas this, and, and you get the flashback card for, for one, right? Uh, that's, that's a bad way to put it. You get to cast the flashback card one time. Right. However, utilizing this card, you're getting two of that card effect. But Granted, this card's you have only to have the card in one. your hand. Right, like you've already, like with Snapcaster Mage, you've already gotten one half of the card effect. Snapcaster is giving you the second half. Yeah. So you're, you're casting the spell twice with both cards. Sure. This with C eight Stormcaller, it just happens to be at the same time, which is even more like if they have like because this is hard to play on like turn three if I have Fatal Push and they have one creature. You know what I mean? So like, if I go like C eight Stormcaller turn turn three, target my Fatal Push and they have one creature, it's like oh well this doesn't do anything, you know? Because uh, yeah, because like C eight Stormcaller is limited to the cards you have in hand. If I only have a Thought Seize on turn six. And they have like three cards in hand or two cards, you know, and if they have no cards in hand, I guess is my point. Then it's bad, right? Because it's it's only restricted to the cards you have in your hand. Whereas Snapcaster Mage is kind of like a tutor and it just goes through your graveyard and says, whatever you need at this moment, I will let you cast. You, you got it. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. This card seems good, but it's a lot more restrictive. Uh, can I tell you something? I have so many more cards that I wish I could mention right now, but I'm going to let you pick a couple and then we'll go from there. Oh wow! You know what? I, you know what card I was actually surprisingly impressed with. Yes, tell me. Is it a land? <laughs> yes, tell me. And it's not a oh. land actually. Oh, okay. uh, it is that green what white. Is it? That green white dude. What? The oh yes, uh, Yasharn. Yasharn. Yeah, I don't know why it's not on here right now, but I don't see him so on it, here. And it's it's Yasharn, Relentless Land. It costs two, a green and a white. It's a right. legendary elemental boar. And it says, when Yasharn Relentless Land enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic forest and a basic plains. Put them in your hand. Mm -hmm. And it says, players cannot pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast cards or, act or use activated abilities. Yeah, this is a 4-4 that draws you two cards for four mana. And plus it just, like, you know, it uh, just shuts off abilities, like sacrifice effects and life effects. Like, so you can't dismember it. Like you can't sacrifice with uh, with like blood. What's that card? What's that card called? Priest of the Blood, right? Uh, I don't know what that thing's called. No, you just put like five cards together. <laughs> um, oh my god! Because now you're making me think Blood Hall Priest, which is the four mana dude. Um, oh my you god! You know what I'm Priest talking about? Priest the Forgotten Gods. Priest of the Forgotten Gods. Yeah, that one. Like right, they can't sacrifice from that. They can't sacrifice with their stupid ovens. Like it's Bolus just like Citadel doesn't work. Yeah, like I mean, it's just it's a nice card that you're just like, oh, it just shuts off all these these things circumstantially, and uh, that's kind of cool. But I mean, like the body's great, and, and it just like divination costs three and it draws you two cards. This costs four and it draws you two cards, and you're getting a four four plus all of these other effects. So yeah, yeah, it's, it just seems good. Yeah, and in a green deck, you're probably wanting to get to land drop five and land drop six. This is just incidental hate, maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, like that's fine. Like it's fine that you're only drawing lands because it's still putting two cards in your hand. And then you're not hitting. You're not. You're hitting your land drops, right? Yeah. I play this in a band deck. Just make sure you hit your land drops. Does it's, uh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's interesting that it's basic lands because like, it makes me wonder how well how much they considered uh making the all the flip lands. I wonder if they ever considered making them basics. You know what I mean? There's no way. No. Well, I guess it, it is possible, I guess, because fetching them, and it, it, there's no real gain to fetching them, right? They're just a worse basic land then. Right, but, like, you can keep them in your deck, you know what I mean? Like, or you can get them, like, you when you when you search, like, for a, if, if you have a flip card that's a forest and you search for it, you're never going to be able to cast it. You just have to put it into play as a forest, you know, so. Yeah, there would be implications for being able to pick them up and then. And put them in your hand, hand yeah. Though. Because then it's kind of like a tutorable effect. I mean, it's probably safer that they're not searchable in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like this card a lot. What I want you to do is I want you guys, if you're listening or, or Rob, I want you to go to Kabira Outrider and tell me what you think of this art. That's really all I want you to do. Okay, which, say it again. What was the name? Kabira what? Outrider. I'm guessing that's a white card. Buddy, you know it is. Once you hear the Kabira, 
You're like, it, uh, when was it spoiled? I don't know. Are you looking at recents? I mean, I'm, no, I'm just on the. It's like all the way at the bottom. It might actually be one of the. No, it's actually it's in the white row. We're also using Mythic Spoiler. Too. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm just like, look at this guy. This guy's just getting along with his little. You know what? I don't know what this is. Oh, it's an Ondu. Ondu Moa. It's an Ondu Moa. Make wildly uncomfortable mounts, but for determining. For determined warriors, their speed is enough to make up for it. How does he get on it? Buddy, you don't want to know. Yeah. I want to be honest. Okay, so. Two things I think greatly improve Magic the Gathering for me, in my experience. One is scalability in spells. You don't want to draw crappy two drops on turn seven. And you don't want to draw seven drops on turn two. I think those are two of the things. Like, drawing cards in the right order is one of the biggest, like, things you can do in terms of, like, winning games of Magic, right? Like, you have to draw the cards in the right order. You don't want to have four six drops in your opening hand in three lands. So, because of this, I think Kicker is one of the best mechanics in Magic. Because it scales. It says, like, there's, like, like Kavu Predator. I think was the name of the card from Dominaria. It was a 2-2 for 2 with Vigilance and Trample. But, if you kick it... For five mana, it comes into play with three counters. For it's a five-five for five with vigilance and trample. So it's like, this is great on turn two. It's great on turn five. It scales well. It's never like a dead draw that you just that just clogs your hand. Um, so so I think kicker is actually one of the best, most versatile mechanics in the game, and I think it's actually fantastic that it's back. Um, the other thing is drawing lands when you want to draw spells or drawing spells when you want to draw lands. Mana, like the like resource management and magic is one of the most obnoxious qualities of the game. And I love the game to death. So having spells that can be lands is pretty bananas to me. And this is something... Like, one thing I've, I've actually mentioned publicly a lot over the past, like, ten years is that basic lands should have cycling. Because, like... If you just have forests and swamps and islands that cycle for two, like, it doesn't actually hurt anything because two mana is enough that, like, you're not going to really, like, just cycle through your deck. But it's also, like, if I draw one on turn six, I can cycle it and try to hit a better card that I can actually play. So, like, all these cards that, like, increase your ability to actually play the game and not get mana screwed or not get cards stuck in your hand in Zendikar is really, really nice. That's interesting that you say that to me because I think while it makes sense... That would hinder making like three color decks versus monocolored decks, right? Because then you become your deck becomes filled with cantrips. Whereas if I'm trying to play three colors, I'm losing out on the potential of having f- 12 basics in my deck versus only having four or five. But I think what the trade off there is that, like, by playing three colors, you're getting higher power level cards, maybe. You know, or like your your lands do more things. Like, so you're having, by playing dual lands, like you're getting the benefits of like Celestial Colonnade or like, you know, because even like the Triomes now cycle. So it's like, you know, and there's like irrigated farmlands. There's like the dual lands that cycle. So like all of these lands have cycled in the past. Like, so it's funny that there's dual lands and tri lands that have cycled. So yeah, just give them all cycling. Okay. I'm just saying give them all cycling. I think it's a cool balance with what you're saying. I mean, it does make sense, right? The reason that we splash into different colors is to have have a higher power or do something outside of what our main color was doing. Yeah, it gives you access to more to more tools, basically, to to better tools. Right. And the cost so, of that, the cost of that, is that sometimes you have worse mana, right? Like you have to balance your mana with your with your you know the the colors you need. So like sure. that's just the payoff, or that's just the trade off, rather. So. All right, so what's our cycling cost for basic lands then? I thought two. Two, two of the two of the color of the land. How about that? That's a little. That's a little rough. I, I because like I mean you already have like like even the thing like the things like Baron Moor and like lonely 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 foothill whatever that thing was called lonely sandbar lonely like, sandbar whatever the blue cycler yeah the onslaught the onslaught cyclers the originals like even those were those are one of their own color but like they came in play tapped too you know so like that was your trade off. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, like, obviously you can't go back and, and retroactively give all basic lands cycling, and that would be a, a huge change to the game. But, like, if a deck has four 
four lands in play and they know they don't have any five drops, right? Like they can just start cycling their lands and like it still takes them most of their turn. Like if I cycle a land on turn four, I have two mana left over. So I'm not also playing like a big fat bomb, you know, like I'm not like it's it's a it's a trade off between progressing your board and smoothing your draws, you know. So I mean like you're you're still you're That's still it. paying a price. That's an interesting thought. I mean, it's an interesting, th- interesting thought. I've never, I've never really taken the time to think about that. I kind of chalk it up to uh, mana screw happens, mana flood happens, and it happens hopefully to all of us. Um, but <laughs> I hope everyone gets mana flooded and mana screwed at some point. But I mean, like that's the thing. Like, why do we have to settle for that? You know, like I mean, I think there's ways that you can mitigate that within the game, within game design, so that it's less of a. I think in the old days of Magic, like Mark Rosewater used to espouse that, like. Hey, it's a part of magic and everyone, you know, that's like, it's one of the best parts where like, even the worst player can win against one of the best players because they could get mana screwed. But it's like, sure. But is that really a, what kind of victory is that really? You know, it's not a victory at all, Frank. Like I saw, I saw a meme recently, um, where I want to say it was a Kenyan was running across. He was like about to win the race, but he got confused and he thought like, he thought the race was over. Right, and so like a guy from Spain, I believe, or something. Oh, um, I saw this. Like, yeah, yes, you saw. It. He was like, no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. It's not over yet. Like the finish line's up there. This isn't the finish line. So you just want to keep going. And a reporter asked him afterwards. He was like, why did you, you know, why did you tell him? Why did you help him? Why did you let him win? And he's like, well, I didn't let him win. He was going to win the race. And he's like, but you, but you could have won. And he's like, well, what kind of what kind of victory is that, right? And right. it's like that's kind of like how I feel about winning or losing to Mana Scrum. Like, yeah, you won the game. So like. If you get pa- if you get a pack for winning, cool, you got your pack. But like, there's no like pride in it. It's not like, oh my god, I'm so much. Be- I outplayed this person. I'm a better player than they are. Like, uh, you know, it's not. That's not how it works, right? Like, there, there's no there's no moral victory. It's just literally like, on the slip, it says your name instead of theirs. Like, that's it. So I think the funny part about that is you can try and convince yourself, well, it's happened to me in the past, so it's okay that it happened to someone else. But I always remember the feeling like last round of a tournament or something, whether you're playing like something local or something, and you snake something out for prizes or simply because that happens. Like even though you can try and justify it to yourself, you always sit there when when they're ready to concede or you know thank them for the games or whatnot. And you're like, Ugh. yeah, and it's like, but I you know I didn't I don't I I feel like it it's like this feeling of getting robbed. But, like, consistently and regularly in Magic, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't... Right. I, I love back-and-forth games of Magic where, like, I play a thing, they play a thing. They have to choose what to kill with their spell. They have to choose when to draw cards. They have to choose... But, like, if I'm sitting here and I'm, like, land creature, and they're like, I can't miss a land drop, go. Land creature. Oh, I got a discard, go. Land... And, you know, no one's having fun. I'm not having fun. Yeah. They're not having fun. Like, in my head, I'm like, cool, I get closer to prizes... But, like, that's it, right? Like, we both sat down. We both came here to play Magic the Gathering. So why can't we just play Magic the Gathering? I get it. I get it, Frank. I get it. Quit yelling at me. I'll never do that. Okay. You never stop or you're never going to yell? Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, I mean, that's my point. Like, I just think I think Kicker mitigates that. And I think lands that turn into spells mitigate that as well. So the point of that was you're trying to tell me that you are happy with them creating spells on lands. Yes, and I kind of hope it's a thing. It's got to be, right? Didn't they just... Con- I think they confirmed that they're doing it uh, in the next two sets. Oh, God, I hope that. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't think I saw that, but I hope that's the case because that would be great. I, I'll try and look it up as we go forward here. But, yeah, I'm pretty certain that they, they alluded to that the... The next two sets, I can't remember what they're called, but one of them, uh, the next two sets are coming out with, including like the Harry Potter type set with like the schools of wizards <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. That they, they alluded to, they include the same kind of um, cards. That's really exciting. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, so when you were going to name your second card that you were like super bonkers about, like you were like, well, I can't believe this is a real card. Um, you want another card I thought you were going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Relic Robert. Relic Robert? Oh, Robber, my bad. I'm sorry, I must have got confused. Is that the the 2-2 two, two Hasty Goblin? It is the 2-2. Two, two. Okay, so this is a 2-2 two, two for 3. So it's a Grey Ogre. But it has haste. And whenever whenever Relic Robert deals combat damage to a player, that player creates an 0-1 Colorless Goblin Construct Artifact Creature Token with this creature can't block, and at the beginning of your upkeep, this creature deals 1 damage to you. 
So you basically give them like, you know, like in Indiana Jones when he takes the gem and puts the fake the fake gem there. <laughs> like that's what this guy's doing. He's just stealing your relics and putting fake gems in their place that deal you a damage every turn. I'm actually this card seems very good. It 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 seems okay. My problem is Here he goes. My problem is is how do we get this to how do we get this to get through and are there not better three drops? Well, on turn two, you go lightning strike your guy. Turn three, attack with this guy. the The thing is, look, I, the way I'm looking at this guy is like, this is kind of like putting a Chandra's emblem into play for them. That's exactly what it is, right? Like, because like they have to either waste a card to get rid of an O one that can't even block, or they have to like wipe the board, you know. But like otherwise, it's just gonna tick down and eat them. If they get two of these these artifact constructs, these goblin constructs, like yeah, they're basically dead, dude. This card scares I, me. I will say this. I, I don't think it quite scares me. I need to see it in practice. What if you give but it I flying? Will s- yeah, I wish it was I wish it was a one two one two with menace. At with haste still or Yeah, haste menace. Huh. I mean Because basically I can see that. If, if you don't defend him, I mean if you don't if you don't defend it against this guy and you're on you're on the draw and they slam this turn three it's essentially doing three three damage at minimum on the on one turn cycle, and then it becomes four damage, right? That scales a lot. But so the thing is, like, oh, I actually I'm glad he doesn't have menace because I think with menace he's actually really good. Like I think it's a lot easier to get through with a men- with a one two menace creature than a two two non menace yeah. creature. Like I don't think the the two damage he deals is nearly as relevant as the as connecting. You know what I mean? He's like Warren Instigator in that way, like. I don't care if this is a one-one. I just want to. I just I'm, as long as I can connect with it and put some goblins into play. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing I was gonna say is obviously like we agree. It's basically a Chandra emblem they're getting unless they can kill the destroy the creatures. Right. Which um, isn't. It doesn't seem efficient to do. No, but the thing. The what I will say though is, if you think about red aggro decks, I don't, I, which and. I don't. Okay. Well, if you did, and and I told you, hey, you can curve into Chandra on on turn four, then that you'd be like, oh my, that's that's pretty scary curve to you know that would fight for Torbrand, that would fight for Embercleave. If if I'm turn one Haster, turn two more damage, turn three this guy, and then I add Chandra emblems to it, like I guess the point I was trying to make is. Chandra emblems aren't really that scary when they're when that's the six mana play that they make, but this card being able to do it repeatedly on ter- starting turn three that right. is kind of scary. Right, like you just put a two two and he connects, and then you get a Chandra emblem, but then like he can do it again next turn. Plus, it's yeah. only turn three, so they're still gonna have a four drop and a five drop, and Chandra on turn six. Give them all the emblems. Yeah, do you set rotate my- with this one? Yeah, yeah the the whole War of the Spark the whole War of the Spark uh, sets rotate. That, <laughs> Those are called Ravnica Robert. Whatever. I don't know the sets. Man, I just play the cards. So Shatter Skull Smashing, I guess was I haven't seen this one yet. X red red for a sorcery mythic deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. Oh if yeah. X is six or more. It deals twice X damage. I don't know why it would be more than like how much how many how often do you need to deal twelve? Just once, <laughs> I guess, because it can't go face right. So it's not like you're dealing twelve to their face. Like you're like, hey, I need to do this for seven, which is actually fourteen. I need to deal fourteen damage to this planeswalker and this creature. That seems like a weird include where if X is six or more, it deals twice as much. <clears throat> yeah, because it's only two things. Oh wait, but it's it's not each. Okay, that makes sense then. Okay. Because, yeah, okay, so 12 damage divided into two things is makes a lot more sense because I thought it was like it deals that to each of them. No, this no, is, no, it's divided, yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. And this is one of the spells that flips into a land because of the, the mythic cycle from this set uh, are all, like, basic lands, like, so this one taps for red. Um, but it can enter the battlefield untapped if you pay three. So they're kind of like bolt lands, you know? I don't like this. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why I don't like this. Okay. I hate that I'm going to have to spend mythic wild cards. (laughs) On mountains? On on these. No way, man. I love it. I I think these cards are great. It is. It's a great card. 
I hate that I have to spend mythic wild cards to run these land inclusion cards that are going to be run. Three mana, or three life, you may look at that and go, that's steep. It's really not. I mean, we're No, it's not, because how many times are you going to do that during a match, right? Like, it's basically the same as putting one shock land in a play untapped. And since there aren't going to be shock lands, like, this is fine. Like, you could take three a game. You're probably not going to do it that frequently. Well, I mean, we're playing decks right now that run 12 shock lands in them, so... Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So... I, I, I like these cards. I hate that they're mythics. I mean, but like in a sense, like there has they have to be mythics because there has to be a cycle of them. There has to be a mythic cycle, an uncommon cycle, and a rare cycle. Yeah, I get that. It just... What do you think of the, the rare lands? Uh, which ones were the rare ones? The pathways. So oh, like the, the, it's uh, a, the It's duels? a red card that flips into a blue card or, you know, vice versa. It's just a dual land, right? You get to pick, choose if you basically want your yes, island or you want your correct. mountain. I, I don't, I don't know. With all these more types either. of lands coming out, I don't know. So let's look at River Glide Pathway. It's the blue on the front side. It is add, tapped to add a blue. On the back side, it's a Lava Glide tapped to add a, a red. So, is that better than how? How many times is going to be better than like Sulfur Falls? I man, I again, I don't know. Like I, well, I feel like most feel, of the time, right? Yeah, I well, I definitely better than Sulfur Falls. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's better than Sulfur Falls. Like, I don't know. There definitely is something. I think it's. I think it. It's based on how your deck is built, right? Like how many cards are requiring double red, double blue, triple blue, double you know triple red. Like I think that that's extremely relevant. You know, I I think. I think these, I don't know how to, I don't know how to understand just how good these lands are and if they are a good thing. I get what we're trying to do here, but you just gave us like mythic land spells, dual lands that flip each color. You gave us uncommon sets of spells that are also land. like, I feel like we shouldn't have got all of this at one time. Like it, it's overwhelming. Like I don't, I can't even honestly tell you if these are good for the game or if they're bad for the game. I mean, it's these definitely being, in a, these being what any of these lands, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was going to, I, I just don't see a situation where they're like, this is bad for the game. Like, you know, I mean, we had companions, we have planeswalkers, we have flip planeswalkers, we have transformed creatures. I really just don't think this is going to be bad. Like, I feel like it's just, it's innovation. I get that. Like we had to go somewhere else with lands. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. But I just I feel like I feel like having the wrong land is part of the game. Whereas you feel like you want to make sure everybody has a like if you know in a sense, you know, it'd be Hearthstone esque, right? Where every turn you're guaranteed your your land drop, and it always taps. It's a city of brass that doesn't cost you one life and you're like hey let's play now you know what i mean well i don't think that i don't think it's i don't think it's that extreme right like you're not guaranteed a a mana of of the exact mana you need every turn no 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 what i was saying is that the way that you kind of look at these is you're happy with them because in your world magic wouldn't have the restrict well i don't want to say restrictions but you would have it to where every game is based on everyone drawing their lands and their their lands and spells and playing them on time and it's who's the better player who has the better deck I think right? that's. I think a lot of times, like I think that's what the majority of games should come down to. I Correct. don't think this this alleviates it all together. I think there's still mana screw. I think there's still gonna be mana flood. Like people are gonna misbuild their decks. They're gonna keep a hand with like two flip lands as their lands, and one of them's gonna get thought seized. You know, like there's still gonna be like there's still choices you have to make. There's still decisions you have to make that can that can be detrimental to to the game you're playing. Um. But I think someone in a post that I wrote said like 40% or 60% of games are decided by like mana screw. And I was like, I don't know if that's, I, I feel like if there's a stat that like that, that was released at some point, but I mean, that's that high. Either high. one, either one is high. Yeah. That's real high. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I can't disagree. Like I know like every one in three games I'm losing to like mana screw or mana flood, you know? And like, that's why I don't like best of one. That's why I think best of three is almost a necessity in magic because you will get like one in three games decided by someone not being able to play the cards in their deck. And that's just a magic is weird. Cause it's one of the few games that I even, that I've ever played in my life 
where sometimes you can sit down and not actually play the game. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I think if you could mitigate that, I think that's the best, the the best possible outcome. Like, I'm not saying get rid of it entirely. Like, you're always gonna have, uh, you know, deck building challenges. You're, you're like, do I how? Like, we're talking about right now. How many River Glide pathways do I play in a deck? Is it better than Sulfur Falls? Is it better than Steam Vents? I don't know. But, you know, like, do I do I put basic islands? Does this replace basic islands and basic mountains? I don't know. I don't know. I I look at this and and at the very beginning of our of this podcast we sat down and we were sarcastic about how bad this set is and we and there's so many cards that we're seeing and it's like holy crap this set looks super strong it looks looks awesome every single i guarantee if we went back to every single podcast we've done about spoilers we said the same thing and then every single time we've sat here afterwards you know after the sets in play and you and i are sitting here going well here we go we're dealing with these cards again so i feel like it's hard for me to give you a judgment on what like these seems these things seem good they seem good for the game i'm just worried because of you know how watsi has handled me in the past you know what i'm saying (laughs) well maybe they'll handle you more delicately this time I, I, I'm hopeful. My my. So to answer the question you asked me about the lands, when they when they were spoiled, I loved them. I thought it was awesome. Okay, that was it. Okay, but like <laughs> to be fair, companion is the only card type that was really kind of fundamentally broken, right? Like f- transform creatures were fine. Transform planeswalkers were fine. Uh, planeswalkers themselves were fine. Like, all the Planes. new card types and kind of, like, mechanics were, were mostly fine, right? Like, they've had some broken cards, Oko, Euro, whatever. But, like, in general, in terms of designing mechanics and, and cards that work in the game, like, that's that's been pretty fine, right? I, I, I guess. I mean, I, I, you could sit here and make the argument that it's only specific cards versus cards as a whole. You know, groups of cards, like you said, compa- yeah, Companion was a mistake. Um I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just weary because I'm looking at these cards. I'm looking at these mythic lands. I'm looking at these flip lands that can be any either color. And yes, they are their own little group of cards. But at the end of the day, we have nothing but innovation that's been pushed way too far that we complain about because it's just too much. And I'm worried that that's what we're seeing right now. Well, I just I'm not seeing any cards in this set that are like six six for four mana that keeps coming back that gains you three that draws you a card that lets you put extra lands into like none of the individual cards are that broken like even like Emiria's Call which is a it's like a it's a mythic planes that you got to pay three mana if you want it untapped but like the other side is a seven mana card that puts two four fours into play right like it's not. Like I think I think the sides themselves of these cards are balanced. I don't think there's like any I don't think any of these cards are like, oh my god, this land is broken, right? Like it's I just don't think that's the case. Because I'm trying to like gauge these on an individual level, not like, hey, this whole mechanic in its entirety is broken. I don't think that's true at all. Because it just doesn't right. like you're still gonna have to make a choice. And like that's the thing, like I think there's a lot of challenges to these cards because people are gonna be like, Do I play this as a spell? Do I because it's coming as a play tapped, right? So like I need if I have two lands and one of the tapped spell lands in my hand. Do I play the spell land first? Do I hope to hit a third land so I can cast it as a spell? Like yeah. you know, like you have choices. Do you look down at your mana base and say, "Wow, I really wish I didn't play this as a spell on turn two, or as a land rather on turn two, so I could have this spell." If only I held this, and, and you know, you know, like there's so many more choices and strategic decisions that you have to make because you have a choice to make when you like. I don't know. I just think the choices are more, right? Like, I want more interaction and more decision-making on my part. I want my individual decisions in a game of Magic to mean more. And I think this like, helps that. Again, I don't think I don't think you're wrong, and I and I understand why you feel that way. It's just, I'm, I'm just worried. That's all. I'm worried about innovation. It's just, uh, that's it. I don't think you're wrong. I think it's fantastic that we're getting the choice of lands versus spells on the same card. I'm I'm not worried because I have specific evidence that says this is going to be bad. I'm just worried because again it's a new thing, like Planeswalker passives, where they seem kind of cool, and then in the end they were like, oh man. So again, you're not wrong. I I'm just worried. That's all. 
that's fair. I mean, that's fair. I understand your apprehension for sure. But I'm just like looking at all the potential of these cards and I'm just like, that seems cool. I, I don't know. Like if I have like an Emirius call in my hand and I'm playing a blue eyed control deck, like when do I play this as a land? How long do I hold it? You know, like, right. Because I don't think the, the effect is not game-breaking. It's not like a seven-mana card that like wins you the game on the spot. It just makes two creatures, basically. Right. I think that would be easy to call out and say, okay, well, that was a mistake. Right, exactly. But, I, you know, I don't think it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's actually... Um, I know we're getting to 40 minutes already. Um, there's two more cards that I that I really want to talk about um, I that I think... Cover them. Okay, that I think are awesome. All right. So the first one... And I think it's very subtle as to why both of these cards are super awesome. The first one is crawling. A, you ever wonder why there's a B in subtle? Does there's anyone a B ever in say the word subtle? Yeah. Does everyone anyone ever say how do you spell subtle? That was a joke. Yeah, I know there's a B. Oh in my subtle. god! I was like, I hope he doesn't think it's like S U D D L E or something. S U D D L E. No one says like it's very subtle. You know, like it's very it's just, su- subtle. The word just is, it's, it's, it's pronounced completely differently than, than it's spelled, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just like, I don't know. It's all right. Word. It's all right, Colonel. It's all right, Colonel. All right. Col- let me get to what I'm. Uh, it's pronounced colonel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here it is. Ready? Craw- crawling Barons. It is a colorless land. Of course. It is. Uh, oh, I love it, this land actually. It taps for a colorless and it has the ability to pay four mana of any color. Put two one, one counters on crawling Barons. Here's the part that I think is awesome. I love it. Then you may have it become a zero zero elemental till the end of turn. That's Uh still land. That is so sick. You can sit there and hoard counters on this thing until they're tapped out. You're like, are you? You got you got mana up. All right, I'll put I'll put two counters on this, and it'll I won't make it a creature. You tapped out. All right, now it's a twelve twelve. I'll just attack you with it. The fact that this is a may ability and you can just pump mana into it for the for the entire game is insane. They yeah. never have to make it a creature unless you're tapped out, but they can still put the counters on it. Yeah, that's it's like one word in that whole description box that if the, you miss, yes. you completely misjudge this card. The May ability makes this card so strong. It's insane. Yep. All right. So I, so we agree on that one. That oh, yeah. That sweet. card's great. This is one okay. of the best creature lands I've seen in a long time. Yes, I agree. It's not, and it's I don't colorless. Think, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's Mutavault. I don't think like it's it's literally tier one, but it's for standard. It's tier one and standard. Like I think it's yeah. very good. The problem is you're, you're, it's costing four to activate, but it's always going to get two counters. It's always going to be bigger than the last time you activated it, and it's yep. basically the same as Raging Ravine in that way, except it doesn't. You don't have to. Um, it do, you don't have to play colors right, and it's always getting the counters regardless of whether it attacks. So I mean, yes, it's you almost, don't have to expose it. It's actually almost better than Raging Ravine. I think if you're not restricted by the colorless, I, I honestly think that this is better than Raging Ravine because you don't have to expose it. I mean, after the first activation, it's better than Raging Ravine. Raging Ravine goes from a 3 3 to a 4 4 5 5 6 6. This goes from a 2 2 to a 4 4 to a 6 6 to an 8 8 to a 10 10. You don't have to expose <laughs> it, and it's colorless. So I would say this And it is, costs the same, right? Right. I mean, it's, Raging it's Ravine costs 4 to activate. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this card's awesome, man. I love that. I, I love I that, that card. card. Bananas. All right, so I got one more for you, okay? Hit me. Clen- cleansing Wildfire. One in a red. It's a sorcery. Destroy target land. Oh, its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle their library. Then it says draw a card. Mm-hmm. So why is that good? Maybe not in standard, but this is a two-mana card that mm-hmm. allows you to take Don't out a permanent... Kill a Tron land, or you can target your own indestructible land, rampant growth, and draw a card. Well, that seems good. That's that's pretty good, right? Like in like a what if you're playing like a mono? Oh, what if you're playing like oh my god? What if you're playing like mono red, like snow, like mono red control or something in in uh in modern, right? And you have four dark steel citadels, right? Exactly. And then you're like, okay, turn two, mountain dark steel citadel. Target my own Darkstell Citadel. Uh, put a mountain into play. Draw a card. Like yeah, that's actually pretty good. It's just a it's just a red rampant growth at that point that lets you draw a card. Yeah, that lets you exactly. It lets you draw a card, and it's it's usable. You know when your opponent is doing stuff. You know with Field of the Dead right now. You know what I mean? Like it destroys a Field of the Dead if you need it to. It destroys Valakits. It destroys. You know what I'm saying? The list goes on. 
Yeah, this is actually a really versatile card. Yeah. And there's only one land. card is really nice. Yeah, there's only one land in standard right now that... That you really care about. Well, no, that that you can target for yourself to kind of gain that advantage that we talked about. And it's Cascading Cataracts is an indestructible land. Right. But still... What set was that in? Um... I don't know. Is that I don't, I don't know the sense. I play the cards. This is an Amonkhet. This isn't in standard. This is in historic. Oh, historic. My fault. Yeah, because there's, the there's nothing in There's nothing in standard. Like, they play it in like the mono green historic deck because they can get it with Golos and then activate Golos with it. My, my bad. But still, the card's sweet. Lotus Veil? Lotus Field? Is that the card you think Lo- uh, Lotus Lotus Field doesn't work because you can destroy a Lotus Field. It just has Hexproof. Oh yes, it's not indestructible. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm not really, I'm not really concerned with like comboing off of this card in standard. I just think it's cool that it exists, and like yeah. it's just basically kind of like a, like a blood sun. What was the other card? What was the card that targeted one land? Alpine moon. Alpine moon. Is this just a common Alpine moon? Alpine moon says uh, choose a non-basic land card name. Lands your opponent's control with the chosen name, lose all abilities, add one mana. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of similar. You what can argue Blood... that this card is better. What does Blood but... Sun do? Blood Sun is three mana enchantment, draw a card, and uh, lands, lose lands basically lose all abilities other than just tapping for mana. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, this is kind of good. I mean, for two mana, it's cheaper than Blood Sun, it's cheaper than Blood Moon, and, like, it still gets rid of Tron. They get to search for, like, a forest, I guess. But then, like, you have... The problem is once they have Tron... Well, you just do it before they get Tron, I guess. Eh. Yeah, it's still fine. I mean, I, I don't think good. this card is broken. I just... This card is really cool, and I think when you read it, you don't see the application that you can use it as a rampant growth right away. Like, you have to pick up on that. And I thought that that was very cool. You know what I don't like in the, that's in this set? What? Tormenting Voice. Oh, I know, right? I'm like, why are we, we, we already went forward with the instant speed tormenting voice. Why are we backing up to actual tormenting voice? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I wonder, like, it makes me wonder if, like, they sit down and they're like, all right, this set's clearly too good for this to be instant speed. Let's put the sorcery speed tormenting voice back in the set. That's what this set needs. Or if they're just like, we've done too many instant speed tormenting voices. Let's just go back to the sorcery (laughs) speed one. Like, I wonder what the thought process is because it seems kind of random. I can't imagine that it's yeah. set specific where they're like, no, no, instant speed tormenting voice is too good for this format. I can't imagine it's yeah, like I, that's 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 the basis of the decision. I've never been in that war room, so I have no idea how do they yeah. come to those decisions. Who knows? You know what? You know, it maybe maybe they get to like the last. Let's say there's 25 cards left that they need to throw in the set, yeah. and they're at a they're at a stalemate, and then they have a maybe they have like a dartboard, and then they literally just there's probably like a, like 200 cards. That are like standard playable cards, <laughs> like, and then ah, they just throw darts. And voice. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so interestingly enough, into the royal and disenchant are both printed in the set. That's pretty cool. Those were dart ones. Those are dart boards. Oh, those are yeah. So tormenting voice into the royal and disenchant. They're all just, they're just <laughs> yeah. They were just like all right. Given I like this. I like this new green card actually. Uh, Broken wings destroy an artifact, enchantment, or a creature with flying for three mana. Like. That seems great. That's a great upgrade to like both like crushing vines, naturalize, and plummet. Uh, crushing canopy, yeah. Crushing canopy, right, right. What's crushing vines? Yeah. Uh, crushing I don't think crushing crushing too, vines isn't a card. It's there's something else. Vines, I, I think. Guarantee you, this is a freaking card, bro. Crushing <laughs> vines. Choose one. Destroy a creature with flying or destroy an artifact. You didn't let me finish. I was I was saying from the new set. This is not a card from the new set. Oh, okay, sure, <laughs> sure. My bad. My bad. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah, I just, I, I spoke too soon, I get, I guess. Um, yeah, there's, so, yeah there, it's obviously an upgrade to Crushing Vines, because this is this doesn't include enchantments. Yeah. There's there's actually, there's a lot of there's a lot of cards in the set we're talking about. I think we're going to have to record, um, I think there's like over half the sets out now. I think we're going to have to record uh, within the next like five days to go over some other stuff. Like, there's a lot of good cards in this set that I think are, are super sweet. Yeah. Um, that we could talk about for a while. Well, we should also go to. Uh, we should also plan for our, our set review on Twitch if whenever yeah. you have time. Yeah, I know we could definitely we could definitely plan for that. Do you know when the uh, final day is? I imagine next Friday. I would imagine that would be my guess. Okay, um, then if that's the case, we could probably swing it for the Monday after that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. 
again, I'm excited, man. I mean, th- there's a lot of sweet cards that we've seen. Again, I just I'm I'm starting to get to the point where set after set, like afterwards, I'm like, oh my god, some of this stuff was a mistake, and we keep saying that, you know. I haven't felt that way of this set. I'm gonna be honest with you. So I think we're we're on two sides of the coin, and I think like we'll we'll have to see which uh, which one of us ends up being right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's hopefully it's you. I hope so too. Obviously, not not just not because I want to win, but like also because I'm tired of things being broken in Magic. So I I agree. It's, well, I'm fine with it as long as it's not in standard. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. If you have like, oh, there's a broken legacy card in this new set, like, all right, big deal. That's that's easy to take care of. But like when your flagship format, like standard, is not healthy, then like I don't I don't yeah. have a problem with a card like Uro in modern, right? Sure, I have a because problem the power with a card level like Uro is on, it's on it's on point with the power level that exists. Well, I mean, uh, let's be honest. Uh, Uro in modern is actually probably it's a, it's a top tier card. So the the power level is even higher than. But but I think it's okay to have cards like that come along every so Correct. often. But they right. but they because should not. No that's put it put it in a master set. That's how yeah, I feel. I agree with you. Also, I think it's I, you know it's very weird to this day. I'm still like, why did you only make two titans? Like, why only a Rakdos one and a Simic one? Yes, I Are you gonna make I, eight more? How long is this gonna take before we see the other eight Titans? And it's also I am awaiting What's up? I would say I am awaiting the day we get the other ones because I because I do like the cards. I think they're cool designs. Yeah. And like why are there only six flip lands in this set? Like where's the other four gonna come along? Because it's interesting because when you don't have like set blocks, right? Like it's not three set blocks anymore where it's like three sets of of uh zendikar right it's not like two set blocks where it's two sets of zendikar so like if this is the only zendikar set that we have coming up and you're putting six of the lands in this set where are the other four going to be right and i mean it's easy to argue for zendikar that they have these innovations in lands because you know zendikar was always based a lot around you know the the plane the lands and stuff like that yeah but where are they show me the other four because I'm upset we don't have a black green one and we don't have a blue green one. So what's what's that about? You know, honestly, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. So I can't remember what it was, but yesterday uh, I was reading something and it had to do with the shards. And I stopped to think, and I, and I want to ask you, we could probably close on this. Um, what shard, Do you think Soltai is far and away the, the strongest shard? I think it's my favorite. I don't know if it's the strongest. I think Jund is strong. Grix. Is, I don't know. It's hard when because once I start thinking of shards, I'm like, oh, Esper is real strong. Mm. Like okay. I don't think of Naya and Bant. I think I think of Grixis, Jund, and Esper as like the stronger shards. Maybe Jeskai. I don't think Mardu is is strong. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I I Abzan I had doesn't the thought, seem terribly strong. So Abzan seems like a worse Jund to me. Yeah, agreed. So I thought when I when I thought about it again, I can't, I wish I could remember why it came up, but I was like, in my opinion, I was like, I I don't really think anything is near Soltai. I just think Soltai is far and away the be- the best one. I I mean I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. On that note, guys, thank you for listening. Let us know what you think of Zendikar Rising, and uh, you can listen to. Freshly brewed over podcasts are found, so check us out on Stitcher, Apple, Google, wherever. Literally, you pick it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Take care.